0: Welcome to another episode of Shades Midweek, a podcast where we talk about theology, culture, and all things Shades. My name is John Mark DeRoe. I'm the worship pastor here. We are recording this live from Four Stream Studio, and I'm here with my good friends, Jonathan Haifes and Brad Brown. What's up, guys?
1: Not too much. Things are going pretty well. Yeah, Christmas is coming.
0: Christmas is coming.
1: Yeah, so tonight we're doing the uh, Christmas Express with my children. They have no idea.
0: Oh really? Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. tonight's the night.
1: Yeah, tonight's the night where y'all said, you know, I like throw bags over my children's head, blindfold them, and throw them in yeah. the back of the van. Oh, <laughs> actually, my wife corrected me after listening to that episode, and I, I, I oh do. yeah, we need
0: to make some retractions. Don't <laughs> yeah, we, from I do. That I do
1: completely stand corrected. We don't actually put them in bed <laughs> and then jerk them back out of bed. She reminded me we put the ticket on their pillow so that when they go to get in the bed. They're like, Oh, tonight's the night. Okay, and so when they see the ticket, that's yeah, when they yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so that's happening tonight. It's going down. But
0: Yeah, my wife was texting the both of uh, the two of us yesterday. Uh she was listening through the Christmas episode that we did a couple I guess that was last week. Yeah, yeah. And man, she was really giving us some a hard time on some of the things we said. Uh, Especially you, Jonathan, for not seeing certain Christmas <laughs> movies.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I had a lot of, uh, repenting to do. And I I was not aware that your wife, uh, referred to herself as Mrs. Christmas.
0: (laughs) Apparently this is a new thing, but (laughs) as of this year. So next, next year we have father Christmas and my wife is Mrs. Christmas.
1: Christmas. So next year we're going to have to have her on uh, the official Mrs. Christmas. Yeah, for sure. But anyway, speaking of all things, Christmas, uh, Coming up next week on December the 24th, what other day would it be? We will have our candlelight Christmas Eve service at 4.30 p.m. Uh, You can attend that service here in person. We also will, I can confirm, have a television set up right outside in our drive-through underpass uh, where if you'd like to gather with some others to watch the live stream, you can do so. It Probably will be chilly, so you may want to bundle up, but that will be available. And then, of course, that that means that the live stream will be available for you to watch uh, from home as well. So that's, that service will be live streamed. So once again, that's Christmas Eve, December 24th, 4.30 p.m. Uh, we hope that you'll participate with us in one way or another.
0: Beautiful. Real quick before we get into today's episode, uh, it is time for JM's Album of the Week. J-M's album of the week. Yeah, so I've been listening to some albums. I've been trying to like find some albums that I missed. So when it gets to the end of the year, I'm always going on Spotify and Apple Music, and I'm looking through what are some records that I may have missed in 2020 that maybe I added to my library and totally forgot about. And um, the one that I've been listening to was from Matt Berninger, the lead singer of The National. Oh. And uh, he had a solo album this year that I had just completely forgotten. I guess he put it out in October. I had not listened to it until this week, but it's called Serpentine Prison, and it is definitely a singer songwriter album. But it, it has that flair that they bring to the national albums. Um, but it's got a it has a very Leonard Cohen esque feel to it because his voice is you know very baritone and bassy, and he sometimes he speaks and speak sings a little bit just oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. a bob dylan leonard cohen vibe but i highly recommend it it's a little depressing but <laughs> um, so if you get depressed during this seasonal depression during this time of year maybe don't listen to it but i M- maybe but wait enjoying it. yeah maybe wait so it doesn't feel
2: bit. like a worse version of the <laughs> national i just
1: love that that i just love it's not
0: it's okay. a little different than the yeah, national yeah. it's yeah
1: i just love that that's the first time you've spoken since we started recording <laughs> Because we we were shaming Brad a little bit before before we started recording this episode, we were shaming him a little bit about yeah. his throwing people under the bus and things as of late. So I thought maybe he was going to not talk at all in protest. But
2: I've been working on active listening, so I thought I would <laughs> good, practice it. Good this no,
1: I'm excited about that epi- uh, about that uh, recommendation though. Yeah. I I am not familiar with that artist, and I'll probably get shamed for this, but I'm not familiar <laughs> with the national either. Uh,
2: here
0: so, we go. Yeah,
1: yeah, I know, wow. I know, but. You know, I'll go check it out.
0: All right, that's my album of the week. Sweet. All right, Brad, why don't you tell us what we're doing today?
2: Well, I am very excited because we have a special guest in Four Stream Studio with us for meet a member, our elder nominee, Chris Cargill. Why, hello? Woo!
3: Hello.
4: <laughs>
3: Chris. Do, you, do you say every guest is a special guest? No, this is the first time that I've <laughs> oh. ever said that. Thank you. He lies. You sit on a throne of lies.
2: <laughs> How are you doing, sir? How's your day been?
3: It has been remarkably short. Most of my days are very, very long. So today's been nice. Uh, we celebrated my middle daughter's birthday today. It's the day after Christmas, oh, wow. but oh. we celebrated today. Went to the park. and. How old is she? Uh, 27. 27? 27. Oh, no, uh, she is... Wow. Uh, you look good for your still age. Still living at Thank home? Thank you. Thank you. I had her when I was seven. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, no, she turned five. 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 Yeah. Or she's going to turn five. <laughs> uh, but right now, are you okay, Brad? I'm
2: good. <laughs> that just got me. Uh, yeah.
3: Yes. So it has been a good day considering I got to read a little bit this morning, which is one of my favorite things uh, in yeah. the world. Yeah Drink coffee Mm. Did some work Then got to go to the park and celebrate
0: Man, what a good day
2: What a good day And it's about to be a better day Because we get to ask you questions We get to hear a little bit about your story And... So we're going to jump right into that, if you're okay. I unless am. you want to do something else. well, no, I We just, can stop now. I <laughs> I, actually, I have
3: to go. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> well, I was just going to say, before we ask the first question, uh, Brad mentioned that Chris is our uh, elder nominee for next year. For those of you who don't know, uh, our elders here at Shades serve a three-year term. They can serve two of those three-year terms back-to-back, so for a total of six years before they have to roll off of our elder board. Uh, And one of our elders is uh, who's completed a three-year term. He is going to serve another three-year term. That's Joe Corey. Uh, But Andrew Thompson's rolling off who Andrew could be called a frequent guest on the show, I guess, because he's been on here more than once. Um, But uh, so Chris has been nominated uh, to fill that spot on our elder board. And that vote will take place uh, at our annual business meeting at the end of January. And so we wanted part of the reason we wanted to have Chris on was we know that there are some people who may not in our, there some people within our body who may not know Chris very well. And so we thought it'd be great to do a meet a member with him just as a way of everybody getting to hear a little bit more of his uh, his story and hear us grill him as hard as we can.
3: Well, I would be honored and I am honored since it's actually happening. Yeah, <laughs> but I am a little offended that Andrew's been on here three times, three times. This is my first time. <laughs> well, we have
1: good news. Um, we're we're, we're going to do we're gonna another episode with you right after this one. <laughs> oh,
4: that's true. <laughs> okay, so it time.
3: will be three to two. If you yeah. Have time. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I do. Good.
4: I do.
1: Good. All right. Well, Brad, take it away.
2: Yeah, so why don't you start by just uh, telling us a little bit about how you grew up, where you grew up, that sort of thing, your family, and how you came to the faith. Okay. Okay. Well, I grew up in a family
3: of five—an older brother and an older sister—and grew up in Opelika, Alabama, which is right outside of Auburn. Mm -hmm. Uh, We—I was raised in the church. I can't remember a time when I wasn't going to church. So that's just been part of my life from the beginning. But we went to a Pentecostal. Sorry, I just made a piece. Sorry, that's okay. It's it's Uh, fine.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. Can,
3: we, we'll get edit, can we'll we get a sock to put on here? We'll edit that out.
0: <laughs> Hopefully we're going to get new mics next year. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, Santa yeah. Claus? We're crossing our fingers. We'll see.
3: <laughs> uh, well, I grew up in uh, in Assemblies of God. It was Pentecostal. Very, very charismatic. And it uh, it evolved in many different ways over the years. Uh, some good ways and some bad.
2: Tell us some of the bad ways.
3: Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Let's just get right into it, <laughs> Brad. Just Some go. of the good. Well, this is I, why
3: we don't let Brad I'm just kidding. You don't have to.
2: Unless you want to. Then that'd be cool.
3: <laughs> well, no. I mean, it helped engender in, in uh, religious OCD in me uh, with the fear of going to hell. That was a biggie.
2: And that's a real thing. It is Re- a very right? real thing.
3: Uh, I developed a nervous tick in which I would compulsively ask God to forgive me over and over. Wow. It was very interesting. I think part of it was just being a kid and not understanding what was going on. And there was just definitely a, uh, you know, uh, you, you better go to every single altar call. And I was actually scandalized when we first came here and you forgot to do the altar call <laughs> uh, the first time. <laughs> I'm still waiting on the altar call. Still it's
0: been waiting. years now. Uh,
3: <laughs> I haven't been able to rededicate my life. Uh we can you know, have an altar call right now. It was usually, <laughs> it was usually one of those things of if, uh, if you you know the piano, the music minister would get on the piano and yeah. the best. Mm-hmm. If you died tonight on your way home from church, I'm like oh great, that's a possibility. Uh, would you go to heaven or hell? Mm. So I mean I was uh, adamant on heaven, so I went. Yeah.
2: It's always interesting to me to hear someone come from a Pentecostal background and how similar in some ways it is to my Baptist background, although there are clearly some differences between the two traditions. <laughs> yes, yes. But I will say, I mean, even even with that, uh,
3: there was a lot of great things too, because there was a heavy emphasis on reading the Bible, and that was a huge part of just the uh, the, the culture in my house and in the church. You know I don't know if we did a great job of learning how to interpret it
4: mm-hmm.
3: very well but I mean as far as just reading it and memorizing uh it was it was fantastic and the music was great uh I would say overall it was it was a good experience and it must have been because I never felt like I wanted to leave the faith hmm I always had enough, and you know, I guess by God's grace, uh, I always I had a desire uh, to stay, even when I felt at the at the lowest.
1: Mm. Yeah. Now you mentioned the the music, and you're a musician yourself. Did mm-hmm. that happen through your involvement in the church?
3: Oh, absolutely. I played in the youth group band, of course, uh, but I think just being around. I mean, there were some solid musicians we had in the band great guitar players drummers my dad played drums in the church Uh, so my dad's a musician he taught me how to play guitar he played drums bass Uh, so that was very much a big part of uh my growing up but it was also weird there was a time in the 90s when uh there was definitely, it was trying to, the church was trying to set up this bifurcation between world and church and trying to create this bubble. And uh, so I wasn't allowed to listen to secular music oh. for a long time.
2: Did you have to throw away your secular CDs? I did. We had. Those uh, CDs, right? Yes,
3: yes, yeah, 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 and, and cassettes. Yeah, and cassettes. Well, yeah, and it was, it was fun. I remember the first time I felt the contradiction was I remember when I was about seven our pastor had a Steppenwolf CD (laughs) and he threw it in the, you know, there's this big garbage can up front and fast forward to his last, (laughs) he was, he was leaving, retiring from the church and his last Sunday there, he, but he comes in on a motorcycle (laughs) down, down the aisle and the band plays born to be wild. (laughs) (laughs) This is a 10 year span. Uh, And you can see the evolution there. Uh, but, yeah, I, I broke all my Weird Al, Yankovic CDs, my Goosebump books, my Lion King. Oh, uh, well, that promoted Evolution,
2: I think, or something. <laughs> <laughs> I can't yeah, remember. Can't, it was the you circle of life. can't or, sing or, along uh, to Lion King. Oh, you know, they were sneaking Disney. Well, sneaking Disney in, in general man.
0: is just oh, bad man, for yeah, you, Oh, man, yeah, you get
3: a whiff at Disney. That yeah. was all. They were always suspect, and I'm still not sure. <laughs> uh, uh, but that, that was a big part of uh growing up i mean we went to church at least two to three times a week yeah and when you are a kid and you want to watch the braves play in the summertime the last thing you want to do is go back to sunday night church (laughs) (laughs) i mean i still but i i still remember like coming home i don't know why i have this vivid memory coming home from church and it was the first game that Fred McGriff played first base for the Braves. Wow. And I remember that and just being so excited. Yeah. I loved the Braves.
1: There's nothing wrong with that. That's it's still it's still perfectly fine. They
0: didn't make you burn your Braves jerseys. No,
3: thankfully sports were still uh, sports was okay, somewhat sacred.
0: Yeah, they were sanctified. Yeah, <laughs> sports were sports <laughs> they, were. <laughs> they were baptized. This into is the, the faith. South. Let's not get <laughs>
3: crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. okay.
0: We got SEC football.
2: Sports yeah. sports <laughs> count, but
3: music I think was the the biggest thing. The first time I was ever passionate about something was, was music. And I remember hearing Nirvana for the first time <laughs> over at my friend's house, uh, in which they allowed secular music to be played. Mm.
1: Well, and you continued on in your music career. So I did. after, like, after you graduate high school, tell us a little bit about that, about like yeah, college that was a struggle. and, and your pursuit of music. And
3: I barely made it out of high school, um, but uh, because all I cared about was, was music. I remember discovering, uh punk rock in probably 12 13 i got henry rollins he was a singer of black flag mm-hmm. he, he he wrote a book called get in the van and it was his time in black flag in the 19 uh, early 1980s and it was his journals and pictures and that was i was like that's it that's all i want to do i want to be poor and play music and i achieved that goal <laughs> so
0: It's not that hard. Yeah, if you set your goals (laughs) low enough,
3: you can meet them. I've learned that, and I still do it. No, and I actually – I I, I still had that mentality, and, like, I remember – like goodwill hunting was another that was a huge influence on me. I remember I watched that when I was in 10th grade probably every single night to go to bed to. Oh yeah. But in my mind the <laughs> what I got from it was I want to be a janitor.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: and I'm not kidding. That was a legitimate like I was like yes, I could do that. Well, I thought I want to be a mathematician janitor and I realized that I couldn't do the math. So then I I did realize uh, that I could do the cleaning.
2: <laughs> well, it's interesting you identify with Matt Damon because you're saying you barely made it out of high school. I'm uh, imagining that you're saying you struggled in school a little bit. I don't I wouldn't say I struggled. I okay. struggled
3: to stay there or to care enough. Yeah,
2: cuz anyone that knows you knows that you read like Plato and Aristotle on the weekends <laughs> like for fun. I do. To kind of like check out. Like you're very intelligent. It what at that t- when
3: when you're a teenager, you know, I loved punk rock and I thought it was cool to be anti-intelligent. Mm. And I think that was part of the, the whole thing. And my parents, neither one of my parents went to college, though both of them are very smart. But it just, it wasn't even a a thought that one day I'm going to go to college. I just always assumed I wouldn't. It mm. It never occurred to me Hmm. One time in high school that I would do that. Plus, I was pretty confident that I could be poor in a band.
2: Uh, (laughs) So what comes after high school?
3: uh, A short stint at Sonic. uh, Worked in some grocery stores. uh, And then I joined uh, a band that was already touring. They were signed to a label in Nashville. And I was able to join the band. And then for the next three... Three and a half years, I was, you know, gone ten months out of the year.
2: Now, what was the name of the band? Chasing Victory. Oh, yeah. Okay, now, I'd never heard of Chasing Victory. I just didn't run in those circles. But, John Mark, have you heard of Chasing Victory? Jonathan?
0: Yeah, I'd I'd heard of Chasing Victory. In fact, I think, I don't know, because I was in a band as well around the same time and we were not as successful as Chris's band by any stretch of the imagination. But we did do a show with Chasing Victory at one point, but I don't know, when When did you join the band? What year was that? That would have been uh, late 2004. It's possible we may have crossed paths and just didn't know it, but you guys were headlining the bill. We were really, mm. we were up front. We were like openers. Yeah, and so like the second or third band out of like seventeen bands <laughs> on the bill. yeah, I love the seventeen <laughs> band shows, the seven hour long show that costs five dollars. It's like, well, I think all the, ages.
3: The logic behind those kind of shows was if we put enough bands on the bill, we get at least one or two bands that will will draw some outside
4: crowd, yeah. and
3: then for sure all the family or whatever and friends of the you know fourteen other bands, right. They will come there and pay. Uh, then we can True. actually get enough to pay the, the bigger bands.
4: Yeah.
1: So at this point in time, I was actually uh, a youth pastor, and I definitely had a portion of my youth group at the time that got very much into that style of, of music. And so I was familiar with Chasing Victory because I had kids in my youth group who were fans of them. We actually used to loop in that we had this little uh, cafe eating area, and on a TV in that area we used to loop music videos And there was a Chasing Victory music video that was a part of that loop. Chris is in that Chasing Victory (laughs) music video. Look Uh, at God. Yeah, all you got to
3: do is go to YouTube. Yeah, what what uh, song is it? Search, I don't know. Probably Unrequited Love. just, just YouTube chasing yeah. victory. You can. We had three music
2: videos. Well, tell know. us a little bit about the band. What kind of music is it? What circles did you all run in?
3: It was, I guess, what would be called at the time, you know, screamo, uh, post-hardcore. Some what of
1: those it? guys were from the city I was from. Yes,
3: they? they were from Camilla. Yes, which is, which right is very outside. close, very close yes. to Albany, and, and that's. So I mean, that's where we were basically headquarters and where we wrote. So I spent a ton of time in Albany and Camilla.
1: Yeah, so they played a lot of shows around the area, too, is what I'm saying, so mm, mm. anyway. We
3: did. Uh, so, yes, it was loud, aggressive. <laughs> you, yeah.
1: What genre, loud? It
3: was loud. <laughs> uh, so when that time came to a conclusion, is that when you went to college? It is.
2: I, I felt motivated at that point. And did you think at one point that you were just going to be in the band and for the rest of your life kind of thing? or Once you get
3: in there and you you start to realize how much is kind of playing the lottery. Mm -hmm. When you see bands that, you know, six months before were opening up for your band and then all of a sudden they're playing, you know, way bigger venues and just, you know, real quickly. And you put out two records that, you know, everybody's like, this is going to be the one. This is going to break you guys. (laughs) And, you know, and it comes out and it's just like a, a fart in the wind. And it's
2: like <laughs> 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 so, college, here we come. Yeah, I know. I, yeah. It was
3: like we broke up a couple of weeks after our second record came out. And, I, you know, and it wasn't even this big dramatic thing. Yeah, yeah. It came out and it did, you know, better than we thought it was going to do. But we were also just extremely tired mm. of being gone all the time, being poor. And uh although I spent the next ten years being poor. uh, (laughs) Didn't leave that behind. Yeah. Took that with you. Yeah, that's when you realize, hey, I'm twenty two. All of my friends from high school that aren't addicted to drugs, they are graduated from college and, you know, starting their careers and I'm going to college with their younger brothers and sisters.
2: Yeah, so what'd you study in college?
3: Social work. So, and that, actually that ties back in with the goodwill hunting because, oh, yeah. you know, I, eventually my aspirations changed from being a mathematician janitor to being a uh, Robin Williams character. And yeah. I was like, man, I want to do what he does.
4: Yeah.
3: I didn't know what that was exactly. <laughs> and my mom had a friend who was a social worker and I found out, well, you could get to that place through this route and there's not a lot of math classes, <laughs> <laughs> and that was actually a a big part of why I chose it. Uh Math is gonna come back to haunt me a lot in my life. Oh wow That's uh, a yeah. recurring theme. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. uh it's a constant. Your great foe. I do plan to uh conquer it one day, but I do take solace in the fact that C. S. Lewis was horrible at mathematics. Oh
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. So
1: at what point in this narrative do you meet Jen?
3: Who? just kidding my my lovely so we actually met uh about five months before the band broke up i met her i was home for just like a week and then we were about to leave for a three-month tour and i met her at a a a friend's uh show that was a death metal band that was playing in auburn and she came to the show i was there to see another girl but no, the truth that didn't work out <laughs> uh but i saw i saw jennifer my lovely wife who was 18 at the time i was 22 and uh we exchanged uh myspace information <laughs> <laughs> oh and yeah. and we talked the whole time i was on tour and then band broke up and i mean we st- we were dating in obelica in obelica yeah. yes she started going to auburn uh, she's from the Montgomery area so she moved to Auburn to go to college The band broke up I started working I delivered furniture and started going to school and that was what led me here and I don't know we just it it didn't take long to realize that she was who I was gonna marry I'd never thought about marriage before her it was kind of like the same thing I never thought about do I have to actually get a real job at some point but then you know but then <laughs> you you know you meet the the right person and all of a sudden it makes sense
2: so how long did y'all date before you proposed before
3: uh about three years before i proposed we got married in 2011
2: how'd you propose
3: oh (laughs) oh
2: forgot there for a second (laughs)
4: yes
3: yes uh i i woke her up uh well i'm trying to think how to say this
2: <laughs>
3: well you're doing great so far i can imagine a lot of scenarios
2: from a nap from a
3: nap uh with uh, a song that uh we that was kind of our song a bit by the band say anything and she was asleep and i put it on really high <laughs> and i blasted it and it woke her up she was scared and confused so you propose she says yes yes never and, a doubt
2: and then do you move to birmingham no
3: we actually she got a job in atlanta and then so i i moved there i, I got a job at bed bath and beyond and quit after one day uh, <laughs> this was probably the lowest point in my
2: life every time i go to bed bath and beyond i always think if i had to work here I mean, it just looks miserable. I mean, There's stuff can that I, everywhere. Can that, I tell you? That
0: beyond section is the, yeah,
3: You know what the beyond is? The beyond is the stock, which yeah. they put, for some odd reason, above the shelves. Yeah. Okay? And let me tell you, they don't give you some nice guarded uh, ladder that zooms up to where you can't fall. First, My first day, I get up there, and you're standing hey. on this flat part of the ladder— but the ledge only goes to your halfway up your shin. <laughs> oh. I'm like, what's going to keep me from falling? Five
2: seventy five an hour is not worth this. I know. <laughs> See ya. Yeah, I remember
3: meeting some guy in the break room. He was, said he was a stand up comedian and he was just working there. I was like, oh my god, I gotta get out. <laughs> I'm gonna fall, break my neck. Uh, I hate this. I hate my life. Uh, and Jennifer was very gracious. Uh, when I quit, mm, uh, yeah, she was very supportive, and then I got into grad school shortly after that got to work in a bookstore for the rest of my tenure in Atlanta.
2: That's more you that and that right. would
3: if if I could just work anywhere, it would be in like a local it was a local bookstore, and that's if if I got paid enough, I would do that, yeah, 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 yeah. but I didn't. I mean- <laughs> But then and so that leads us to moving to Birmingham. We went to college with Joseph Wonski mm. of the Wawski clan and he invited us. We were going to the Church of the Highlands and then uh you know we we were having trouble getting community there and that was partly our fault, but it was just hard to get plugged in there. And uh Joseph kept inviting us. We went to they, their family used to do a Christmas party show every year mm-hmm. uh and i think i may have played at that as well, but we got to meet a lot of people from shades and we came and i remember uh seeing you know john mark up front and i was like hey that's the guy from highlands <laughs> <laughs> the guy with the crazy hair from highlands he's playing piano and then Jonathan and then jonathan preached and it was it was instant we we both you know looked at each other and we were like this is this is it because this was exactly what we wanted it was it had the perfect mix of uh liturgical traditional uh church service that we had been searching for she grew up catholic Mm. i grew up with chaos you know, it was it was the anti-liturgy. You
2: couldn't find that Catholic Pentecostal church in Birmingham. You know, it was hard to
3: find. Uh, <laughs> they were real big on improvisation. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, one minute you're preaching, the next, the band's playing, we're knocking people out in the spirit. <laughs> uh, you don't know what's going to happen next. I yeah. think that played into my anxieties, uh, not knowing what was next.
2: Mm. So uh, a little liturgy. A little you know a liturgy. little bit
3: of liturgy here The yeah. uh, the preaching was great because we we had also visited a, a few Jonathan catholic Chris five dollars right now just so <laughs> right. everyone knows no he doesn't have to uh he is uh i'm a big fan of his i will say mm. I, I think he's a, a great preacher and a great pastor we are too uh yes you are as well yeah you guys, uh, I haven't heard John Mark speak. <laughs> he probably sucks.
0: Uh, I can barely sing, Chris,
3: <laughs> but man, <laughs> but do you ever give it the high school try? Right,
0: right.
3: And we appreciate it. No, you're a wonderful singer. I think it, it was just the perfect fit for us in a lot of ways. I mean, there, nothing is is perfect, but it was it was just what we needed then, and we've been able to grow as a family with with shades. Mm. It's it's been awesome.
1: Remind me, was uh your your eldest Mary Grace mm-hmm. was she born yet when y'all first came to Shades? Yes, I thought she was. I thought y'all had one. Yes, but she was very young.
3: She was very. Yeah, she would have been uh maybe one mm. when we And started. she and how old is she now? Uh, she if Lucy's twenty seven, she's uh <laughs> no, she is seven.
1: Seven years old now. Yeah, isn't that crazy? It, it um, dude, it's it's nuts. Wait, Time she is may crazy. have
3: been. No, she may have only been a few months old when we started coming to Shades. She was born in September, and we started coming that December. Wow.
1: wow. Yeah. So that was December of what year?
3: yeah, 13.
1: 13, so yeah. seven years this this mm-hmm. month. That's... That's awesome, man. Yeah. Well, before we continue on with uh, just a couple more follow-up questions that we need. Is this a commercial break? Yeah, <laughs> this this is the commercial break. Who is the break. sponsor? This is uh we have too many. Too many to name. This is actually uh this is we have a little something for you. That's right, Chris. It's time for the lightning.
2: Around. Oh boy! <laughs> you know what this is?
3: He looks so excited. You know what this is? I understand the concept.
2: Yeah, yeah. We're gonna. I'm gonna ask you some questions. You just, have to answer. Just get the bleep button. Yeah, ready. It's, as quickly as you can.
3: I'm not a good improver. Whatever
2: comes it. to mind first. Seven. All right. So, <laughs> so here we go. Uh, is there a nickname your parents used to call you? Furball. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first thing that came to his mind. Is there a reason? <laughs>
3: no,
1: I don't want to know why. <laughs>
3: Okay, okay. I was very hairy when I came out.
2: <laughs> kind of an Esau, if you will. Yes, uh, I'm yeah. very, I'm, uh, I've always yes. been an Esau character. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Give me a bowl of soup and I will give right. you anything you want. That's <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> All right, uh, what's the last song you downloaded?
3: Downloaded. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Queens of the Stone Age album, Villains.
2: Oh, do you like it?
3: Yes. Oh, I, I don't know what the last song, though no, the last song is The Evil Has Landed. So that would have been the last
2: one to download. Mm. Fill in the blank: Taylor Swift is making good records. You like Taylor Swift? I like the
3: last. Two, well, last she just three or four the, records. She just put yeah. out another. Yeah, album, she, just didn't she? Out another yeah. Album, she just put out she? another the one. second yeah, one this year. Have you listened to that one yet? Yes, I have. I you know, I, it, I haven't. It's produced. You know, the last two have been produced by uh, one of the guys from the National. Just yeah. to tie it in, I know. Uh A Desner. Yes. Uh, what's his name? Bryce Dessner. Bryce Dessner. And uh, Jack Antonoff from uh, Bleachers and Fun. Yep. And they're both good records, yeah. I would say.
2: Yeah, that's good, that's good. Uh, first Celebrity Crush.
3: Uh, you remember that show Alex Mack on Nickelodeon? Oh, yeah, yeah, mm. Whatever her name, Alyssa something.
2: All right, we'll keep moving. Uh, favorite junk food? Pizza.
4: Mmm.
1: That's junk food. Does that count? I'm just kidding. No. I'm just
3: kidding. Donuts. All right. Um, how many pull-ups can you do in a row? I did four last night. Are you serious? Yeah. Is that low? No, that's <laughs> just like,
0: that's amazing. I mean, this is like a random question that I picked. you do that every night?
3: No, not every night. Okay. Last night, uh, we had uh, some friends over.
0: Oh, and a little contest, man.
3: Yeah, yeah. He did four, so I made sure I could at least do four. You just have a pull-up bar? Then I passed around? out, yeah. Okay. Well, we keep it uh, <laughs> hanging by uh, in between the kitchen and the foyer.
2: Oh, yeah. Just, you know, a little workout when you're walking through. That's great. Um, are reindeers real creatures? Yes. How do you know? I've seen pictures. <laughs> okay. I mean, that was just very authoritative. I've
0: looked that up before. They are real creatures. They're it close. is. <laughs> we yeah, don't call real. them
1: reindeer here. We call them caribou. <laughs> but everywhere else in the world calls them reindeer. Well,
2: in that
3: show alone that's on uh, Netflix, the guy uh-huh. who won it the season before last, he, uh, he talked about hunting reindeer. Yeah. Also known uh-huh. as the
0: caribou. North America. Yeah.
1: You've never you've never been to like a Christmas tree farm where they've had like live reindeer? Yeah, it's I'm a
0: not. it's a species of deer with circumpolar distribution <laughs> native to <laughs> Arctic subarctic yeah. yeah, to right. boreal. And it's it's one the of the uh, of northern Europe, Siberia, North He's America. A right of, that's right out that's right out of my head, guys.
1: Fun, fun fact, it's it's one of the only species of deer where both the male and female grow antlers. Mm. Oh wow. Wow. Yeah, yeah. You heard it here, folks. Can
0: you hunt for reindeer, or Caribou? Uh, yeah, if sure you can can have a gun, <laughs> <laughs> Probably, if you're oh,
1: Canadian, there's, there's yeah. probably a season in there's Canada. S- yeah, yeah, that's
2: true. Okay, okay. Yeah. Season okay. to be jolly. That's good. What's the fastest speed you've ever driven in a car?
3: Oh gosh, 95 uh,
0: in the tour tour bus van or tour yeah van?
3: in the tour bus van. In the tour bus van pulling the trailer. It was uh, it was wild.
0: What was the what was the nicest uh, just out of curiosity the nicest transportation you ever had while you were touring with Chasing Victory? Mm-hmm. Like, did you guys ever go up to like a Sprinter van because you know those started to get really popular or like a like that type of style van? No, I don't. Aside from like, the I don't big think we just
3: had the 15 passenger. Yeah, the, we we went through a couple of those Astro vans. Yeah, which was great. I loved that because we had a VCR. And a team. Oh, I yeah. remember watching Sling Blade. You know, on tour, that there's nothing like watching Carl from Sling Blade in the middle of the night. Right. Uh, Did you guys get mattresses
0: in there or anything like that? Uh,
3: No, but we did have a curtain that separated the front from the back and we did a puppet show once.
0: Oh, that's
2: cool. Okay. Um, (laughs) This is kind of a Desert Island question and it's really kind of an impossible question, but I'm going to ask it. Oh, please. Um, Okay, Desert Island, you have to take one movie, Mm -hmm. one book, it can't be the Bible, and one food item. Okay,
3: that's easy. I would take The Life Aquatic by Wes Anderson as my
2: movie. Of course. Now, why is that?
3: Oh, it's just my all-time favorite movie. Okay. I love, love, love Wes Anderson. He is just uh, perfection to Mm. me. Uh, Book-wise, I would either, it'd probably be uh, Anna Karenina. That's my favorite novel. Yeah. Yeah. I w- or or i would do like uh dante's divine comedy cuz that's real big. Both of them are really big and have lots of characters and would sustain me for long periods of time. Man,
2: you answered that pretty quick. I mean, you're a very avid reader.
3: I am an avid reader. Yeah. I, I that's m- one of my favorite things to do. But you knew. Yeah, i did. Or maybe a dictionary. I don't know, that would be fun too. Uh, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, i i really love uh you know, philology uh, anything to do with words is fascinating to me. And I'm not even kidding about the dictionary. No, yeah, yeah. That would be... If it had a lot of etymologies... We then never I doubted sure, you. sure. We well, never you. thought I you I think would the people care. at home might. <laughs> yeah. People don't realize the, the depths of uh, my nerddom. Oh, and my fa- uh, food item? Yeah. Uh, probably only get
2: one thing. Mashed potatoes. <laughs> That's good. Hmm. Um. Give me more. Uh, and and maybe just a few sentences defend horror films.
3: Oh, oh, horror films are wonderful. (laughs) Now, now a lot of
2: people would say. All right, I'm checking out. (laughs) I'm off the pod. A lot of people would say no, Chris. But what?
3: Well, it depends on what horror movie. So, I mean, obviously, with any genre, there's going to be a lot of just poorly made. Sure. Yeah. But. The best horror movies, like any great work of art, are going to challenge our cultural assumptions. They're going to bring out our cultural fears. They, in the same way that tragedy brings about catharsis, I think horror does the same thing. Mm. So I, I mean, obviously, some people are more sensitive to those things yeah. are than you? others. Uh, cer- you know what? I mean, certain. I don't like a lot of gory. Mm. Uh, horror movies. I don't like the, like the, type the yeah. Of stuff. I don't like the, the torture. Yeah yeah, 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 Stuff that that just makes me unhappy.
2: But you can watch a horror film and then just like go to sleep at night. Oh, easily. Fun. Well, like, there, yourself, there, there have been
3: a couple of times <laughs> where I've after watching the remake of The Evil Dead, I remember going for a walk with Jennifer and Mary Grace, and you know, feeling a, a little, little uneasy. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. If you could travel to one point in history. Uh, what would it be?
3: Oh, <laughs> one point in history? Yeah. That's crazy. I know, right? I know. This, is, time this travel. is what I love. This is um, like Bill and
0: Ted, but you only get to go to one, oh, one place, though.
3: yes. Yeah. I would go to, well, okay, maybe Victorian England, hang out with Charles Dickens, George MacDonald, uh, Lewis Carroll. It, well, if I could hang out with the Aristocrats. Arist- Kratz, aristocats. Said aristocats. <laughs> if I could hang out with the aristocratic class, then yeah, I would go to that. Maybe hang out for about 20 more years. Go hang out with uh, Oscar Wilde. He's another one of my favorites. All if I right. could bring the complete works of Oscar Wilde, I would bring that to the, okay.
1: the Desert Your middle and high school self who wanted to be broke and was anti intellectual It's so <laughs> mm-hmm. disappointed. I'm you. just oh, I'm so glad, disappointed. I'm
2: glad we're just getting the full picture of Chris yeah, Cargill. Full spectrum here. Yes. Yeah. I,
3: I love, I, gosh, I don't know, man. There's so many. Yeah. So okay. Many things. And give, give me last, another one. Last question. Seven. Last one. Yes. Um,
2: what's your favorite tattoo that you have?
3: That I have? It would be uh, my Steve Zisu tattoo uh from the life aquatic sorry that ties into oh. the movie that i love i yeah. have a, a picture of bill murray plays the main character mm-hmm. in the movie the life aquatic and i have a picture of his face <laughs> on my arm
1: i don't know <laughs> if i've ever seen that one really <laughs> yeah yeah that's gonna have to happen i'll take my is shirt he, off is he your
0: favorite actor you think bill murray
3: yeah i would i would say so
0: yeah he's great Him,
3: uh, well now that philip seymour hoffman has passed away right. then yes mm. yeah is.
2: all right that Me. was it. That Man. was our lightning round. You survived. You survived. Well done. Yes. I, mean, I think very, more like we really. survived. <laughs> <laughs> Bring we it. Survived. Well, yes.
3: I will start talking about Homer. <laughs> and I know you will. So quickly.
1: I know you will. Well, Chris, just to kind of finish up a little bit right here, tell us a little bit about your work, uh, about what you do.
3: Ah, yes. Kind of going back to the goodwill hunting. Uh, you know, I went down the social work. Uh. Uh, discipline. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but I know I wanted to do counseling eventually, and so I started as a clinical social worker uh, working in dialysis, and I still do that during the day, but I, you know, I always wanted to transition to doing private practice counseling. I just didn't know how I was going to do it, uh, so then I started working uh, doing some private practice through uh, with nursing homes. So, doing some therapy with uh, the residents at the nursing home. And, you know, every Sunday I would see Bo Armistead. Stead. Stead. Armistead. Either or. Yes. Tomato, tomato. I don't even know if he knows how to say it. (laughs) (laughs) But every time I would see him, I would ask him questions. Because I knew that he was very well respected and had Mm -hmm. a lot of knowledge on uh, psychotherapy. And so, I would just... You know, every time I saw him, just pick his brain, tell him what I was reading, and you know, we'd have at least on my end great conversations. I don't know how he felt. <laughs> he was very gracious, though, as he always is. Of course. Uh, and then he one day, you know, asked me if I would want to come work, uh, with with him for him. But I mean, I'm it's private practice, but I wouldn't have any clients if it weren't for him. <laughs> Now I've gotten, you know, a lot of momentum going, but he's still he's so he's so good at what he does and so well respected that everybody wants to go see him. And the fact that I'm associated with him has just been so well, great. Well, great for me. Mm. And, and I you, would say it's so been you a met him Through shades. I did meet him through shades. He is. And he's an elder, isn't he? He is. Yes, Yes. he is. Sorry, Jonathan was texting. (laughs) He's
0: not paying attention. I'm actually reading about which I'm reading
3: about.
1: (laughs) Y'all are gonna make fun of me. I'm reading about which translation of Anna Karenina is best.
3: (laughs) Ah, I've 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 read the Constance Garnett, and then I just got a new one a couple months ago. I forgot. I think it may have been a husband and a wife that that did it. Uh, They were actually friends with uh, Count Leo uh, towards the end of his life. I have that one. It's Oxford uh, Classics Edition if you want to look that up. I know the people at home are very curious <laughs> <laughs> about which translation of Anna Karinana.
2: Most people have stopped listening by now, probably. And that's what we've just come I to expect. Even... Although oh, it's, not, it's, so not, it's not you. It's, it's just It's not us. you. It's oh not, it's oh. Yeah, okay, yeah. So don't worry. oh,
3: but uh, yeah. So uh, meeting Bo, that's just opened up so many doors and been such a blessing. So I. I do that in the afternoons. after. And what's the name of the practice? Sojourn counseling.
2: Okay. And anybody could go to it. Please do. How would they, how would they do that?
3: You can, uh, go on our website. There's an Instagram too. I i I started
0: following the Instagram page.
3: Yeah, sure. I guess. (laughs) Uh, I think uh, think you're on it. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I'm sure (laughs) I don't get on Instagram. Oh yeah. Very much. Uh, but yes, you can find we're on Instagram. You can Google us because I don't have the website off the top of my head. Maybe dot org sojourncounseling.org. That sounds real. Yeah. If not, Google will direct you. Uh, but please reach out if, if anybody needs anything that I, I love getting to do counseling. It's uh, a, a crazy way that I get to incorporate one of my passions, which is human psychology and you know, loving people. Uh, and getting to do it for a job, mm. which is awesome. How
1: would how would you say that your faith has shaped you as a counselor?
3: I would say in in every way, uh, it it shapes my anthropology, uh, the psychology, uh, the the liturgical shape of of humanity. I would say. Th- that I I see the world that way because that's, you know, just what was given to me and I still find very credible and I think it's a great explanation for uh, existence as I've encountered it. Mm -hmm. And, but as far as how do I incorporate that into actual therapy sessions, it depends on the person. Not everybody comes from that place. Most people are more shaped by our current, culture uh, an enlightenment uh, theistic uh, moralistic deism uh, kind of outlook right um, so I, I meet them where they're at but it's been a wonderful blessing to to get to I find a lot of people who are feel lost mm. who don't know how how to identify themselves you know we get told this lie that we're supposed to find our uh our identity um and it always comes up empty Mm. if we're if it's not christ shaped and so that that's been a blessing being being able to point people towards the fact that you don't you are already given your identity just by virtue of being born Mm -hmm. uh And at least just getting to uh, open up a different viewpoint for him has been massively helpful in hopefully helping people find meaning because I think there's a a lot of people searching for that, and that leads to a lot of depression and despair.
2: Um. Would you say that even within the church there can still be kind of a stereotype about who— should go to counseling, or who needs counseling?
3: Uh, as far as what speaking, I'm speaking
2: on, like a broad mm-hmm. kind of like, uh, counseling is only for a certain type of person that has a struggle. But if you know, for the average Joe, uh, they wouldn't need to go see a counselor. If they did, that would mean there's probably something really wrong with them.
3: Yeah, you know, you do see a lot of, uh being reticent to come to counseling as if that's a, a slap in the face of God or a sign of not having enough faith mm. and you know th- that's something that's hard to get over I think you know I probably kind of had that outlook growing up It felt like oh no I should just pray about it and, you and be while able to I was say, on your own yeah I, yeah I should be able to and if I don't then I'm admitting God's defeat but that's not as—counseling is a lot more culturally accepted now than, I think, even just when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. So I haven't run into that a lot, I would say. But, I, I mean, I do get most of the clients that come to me are are Christian in some sense. Uh, they at least have some affiliation. So that's been helpful because then I can—if if they have that foundation— and they, you know, see the world through that lens somewhat, then I can use all those resources, the biblical worldview, to, you know, help them kind of reshape the way they see the world and they see themselves. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, that's that's about as good as it gets. Yeah. Especially, you know, especially when people are are suffering, getting to point towards Paul and how to be content in that and how to— Know that this is not this is <laughs> not a punishment. This can be a, a blessing to suffer, and it's what What do you do with that? How do you turn that into something that glorifies God?
4: Hmm.
3: That's I I try I I've used, I use that so much, and it really does. When you when you start to reframe things, it can completely change the way you see the world and yourself and your experience of it.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, Chris, we are really excited um, to have you uh, become a part of the elder board. It's been a joy of ours just to get to know you and uh, Jen and your girls over the last seven years. Oh, my word. Seven years. Um, but uh, but we're really excited for you to be entering into this new uh, phase of leadership here at Shades. And thank you for coming in today. And well, just for thank sharing you guys. For sharing about your story and uh, and what you do and and how uh, you see your your work and your life in view of the the gospel, it's just it's been a, a joy and a pleasure of ours just to get to hear all of that.
3: Well, thank you guys for having me.
0: Yeah, and just to confirm for those who are curious, so sojourn sojourn so, sojourn counseling, it's SojournCounseling.org. I did look it up. I just want to make knew sure it. everybody had the website. I knew it. So yeah, go to that website. They have an Instagram as well.
1: Well, well, we thank you for listening. This has been another episode of Shades Midweek.